0: This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey, that's me. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes, your hockey podcast network home for your
1: reigning, defending, undisputed champion
2: of the world,
0: St. Louis Blues. This is episode number 45, or as I like to call it, the Chris Beckford Sue edition of Blue Notes. Yeah, we're kind of getting to the point with these jersey numbers here where we're starting to run out of notable players here when we get to the... Chris Beckford sues of the blues lore, But regardless, uh, we are talking about the blues today and the blues are on a seven game winning streak. If that sounds familiar to you, well, it's because it's their third seven game winning streak of the season. The first in franchise history and also the first team to do it. Uh, that won the Stanley cup prior to the season, since the 1977-1978 Montreal Canadiens. I bet you didn't know that. Well, and in fact, they're the only other team that has done it, those uh, 77-78 Canadians. So marching into history, the St. Louis Blues are. And uh, today, coming up on this episode, we are going to uh, talk about Saturday night's game against Dallas, a 4-3 overtime win, kind of uh, back and forth. Uh, And Dallas getting that late goal to tie it up, and then the Blues winning in the shootout to get that seventh win. We'll take a look at that game, and also we're going to bring in our buddy from Dallas, uh, Michael Farley from the Clean Skate Podcast, to talk about where the stars are at the moment, because the stars are right up there with the Blues in the Central Division. However, the uh, proverbial star, if you will, pun intended, is starting to fade a little bit. Uh, as they currently sit seven points back of the St. Louis Blues, kind of looking like they're not going to compete for the division crown at this point. Although there's still uh, 18 games left to be played. Actually, take a check that 16 games for the St. Louis Blues. There's 18 for the Avalanche, and then there is 17 for the Dallas Stars. So uh, still things could change, but it's definitely uh, trending. Up for the Blues and the Avalanche and the Stars kind of middling as of late. So we'll talk about the uh, Stars and the Central Division here with Michael Farley real quick. Uh, Also, at the end of this episode, uh, we got permission, and at least I did, from uh, KMOX's Brian Kelly. He recently sat down and had a chat with uh, the man that they call Mr. Hockey in Kansas City, Paul McGannon. Uh, Paul McGannon uh, heads up NHL 21. There a civic group looking to land an AHL team. And he recently talked to uh, my colleague at KMOX, Brian Kelly, just about what the prospects are for a AHL team in Kansas City, a link up with the Blues, how Kansas Cityans uh, would receive that, the potential there is in a, in a relationship. Uh, really good in-depth analysis from a man who would definitely know in Kansas City. And it's going to be at the end of this episode. I want to thank Brian Kelly again for giving me permission to uh, play that for you here on this episode of Blue Notes. Uh, Wags will be back on Thursday as always uh, after uh, leading the interview with uh, Grant on Thursday. It was a fun chat. You should check that out. It's episode number uh, 44 of Blue Notes. Um, Before we get to Michael Farley, though, I do want to uh, take care of some business here, first of all. So, um, of course, the sign of a good podcast and a a hockey podcast network is the fact that uh, we have some partners. Now, you've heard me mention in the past, CoolHockey.com, the uh, place to go for uh, your next NHL jersey. Uh, They sell authentic jerseys. They do pro stitching uh, they're very good people. I've worked with them in the past on jerseys myself. Well, we have a contest that is starting up uh, this week. In fact, it's active right now. It is the Hockey Podcast Network's NHL Draft Lottery Contest. Now, of course, the St. Louis Blues are not going to be in the draft lottery, barring an epic collapse of proportions we've never seen before and we'll never see in our lifetimes again. But... uh. You've probably heard or you may not have heard of the website called Tankathon. Well, you can go on Tankathon and uh you know, they, they their big thing is drafts. Drafts, drafts, drafts. They have uh NHL draft lottery simulators. They have the NBA draft lottery simulator. They also uh look at the uh draft orders as they sit for the uh Major League Baseball draft and the NFL draft. And then, of course, for the NFL, they have mock drafts and things of that sort. For the NHL, they have that as well, along with a big board, pick odds, uh, remaining strength of schedule. I mean, they go deep into the numbers uh, when it comes to uh, these respective sports drafts. So um, we are partnering with Tankathon for this contest, along with Cool Hockey. And you'll see why we're partnering with Cool Hockey here in a little bit. So what we want you to do is you go to tankathon.com slash NHL, click on Sim Lottery, and create a 15-team simulation. You can run this once, twice, three times. But when you get to your favorite outcome or the outcome that you think is going to be the final outcome... Take a screenshot of that favorite outcome and then submit your entry by commenting on it uh, below one of my Blue Notes posts on Twitter. Uh, So you can comment after the episode uh, post. I'll also do a post about the uh, contest itself. Either way, just get me your screenshot. I'll make sure it's logged. Make sure to tag a friend and retweet this post as well uh this the the very post here that we're talk where we're talking about the contest and if you get 15 out of 15 correctly you win a $200 gift card courtesy of coolhockey.com you can get that next jersey that you have been wanting to buy so it's our NHL draft lottery contest go to tankathon.com/nhl click sim lottery to create a 15 team simulation screenshot your favorite outcome Submit it on Blue Notes Pod Twitter and make sure to tag a friend and retweet the posting and let your friends know about this contest. Uh, just make sure you're following Tankathon, Cool Hockey, and Hockey Pod Net on Twitter as well. And then we are going to be running this through April 4th. So one entry per account. Uh, in the end, in the event of a tie, if you and someone else get all 15 correctly. Uh, a winner will be drawn from the tied entries. So how about that? And of course, we're also being uh, uh, powered this week by Rally House. Now you you, you know Rally House. Uh, there are locations everywhere throughout St. Louis, and uh, they uh, are also they're offering specials this week. Go to this uh, post uh, where I announced episode number 45 on Twitter. Click on the link and you can uh, get all the details about the latest sale at Rally House as well. Get yourself some uh, some blues gear. Get yourself some Cardinals gear. Um, it is uh, it is wonderful that they are partnering with us. And uh, we hope that you take advantage of them and their sales as well. So uh, now that we've got the business end of things out of the way, let's get into the conversation. Let's get into how the blues are doing lately. Let's get into uh, the stars Uh, We are going to go now to Michael Farley of the Clean Skate Podcast here on Blue Notes. This is our Blue Notes Face-Off of the Week. And that beautiful NHL 94 music means it is time once again for our Blue Notes Face-Off of the Week.
1: Hello. Hello everyone how is it going welcome to a clean skate podcast we got a little bit of a crossover here boys that's right it's our
0: crossover uh with uh, michael farley that we uh, uh like to do now and then i think this is your third or fourth appearance on uh blue notes this uh, this year
1: I believe so. And uh, same goes for you on mine. Uh, uh, We we keep a tight rivalry here.
0: Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And we we keep it tight in the NHL standings as well here. So uh, but before we get to that, uh, let's talk about Saturday night's game. Uh, A good back and forth affair uh, between two very good teams. Uh, Your stars ended up tying it late in the third and then they ended up dropping in the shootout. Are you still happy you got the one point, though?
1: Uh, yes, of course. I mean, I will always take the point, especially in like, like we said, like it's a, it's a tight race. So I will never turn down a point. You obviously want the two points, but I think every point matters. And as long as we can just keep pace, which is sort of what we did, especially after you guys blew us out of our own building uh, a couple weeks ago. Thanks for that. Um, I think we were happy with it.
0: Yeah, I mean that was so weird a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it's I was uh doing public address at a local uh, hockey college here and I was watching the game on my phone and I see Ben Bishop walking up the uh rally, you know, the you know down towards the locker room and I'm like what's going on? This is this is the Ben Bishop here. This is the harbinger of every Blues fan nightmare. I mean, you know, and here he goes walking up the ramp. I mean, uh that was surprising. That was very oh, surprising, wow. cool. and, and then and then Kedobin last night. I mean, he, I thought he looked 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 fine, um, but uh, yeah, the Blues got to him.
1: Yeah, I think you know, he looked he looked solid. I for, for most part like there weren't any I really looked at where I was like, you got to have that. The ones that were going by him were just sort of that gritty chipping away style where it's like, you know, there's a rebound. There's a lot of bodies in front. It was a it was a tight checking playoff style game. And so I think he gave us the chance to win. And I think that's all we can ask from him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think I think, you know, your team probably played well enough to win. It's just you've you've kind of run into a blues team that's back into a you know rich vein of form lately. You know, uh, their third seven game win streak this season, uh, which is a franchise first. And as I mentioned, it's like the first time it's been done by a Stanley Cup-winning team the next season, uh, the first time since the 77-78 Montreal Canadiens. So, uh, rich vein of form, and, you know, looking at the standings right now. So, the Blues currently sit, at the time of recording, with 88 points. They are 39-17-10 this year. Uh, The Dallas Stars are 37-21-7. They sit at 81 points uh, this year. Uh, The Blues have uh 16 games to go the stars have 17 and kind of looking at where you are in the standings i mean does does it feel kind of inevitable that it's going to be colorado dallas in the first round or do you do you still think the uh that can change
1: Um, you know, I mean, I think that there's, there's a close enough gap between us and Colorado. I would feel optimistic, but even if like we pass them, I don't think anyone's going to bump Colorado out. I don't think it was close enough. So I think inevitably it'll just be us battling for who has home ice in that opening series.
0: Yeah. and, And I can see that as well. And, and as a blues fan, Colorado still makes me nervous because all of the analytics and all of the stats wonks out there are, even though it's you know we're still getting we're we're down to the nitty gritty here. You know, 16 games for the Blues, 18 for the AVs. They still think it might be Colorado that ends up on top of the uh, of of the uh, standings, and then you know, cue the Metallica one music. It's going to be Blues and Stars in the first round. You mm-hmm. know, the, the the memories of Ben Bishop and Game Seven. You know, come flooding to my mind again this does it freak me out so would you as a stars fan though would you rather face the Avs or would you rather face the blues
1: i think that i think one no matter what that we are going to meet the blues i think um whoever meets the blues in the first round is in for a very bad time so dsd
0: is kicking in by the way at the thought of the
1: facing the stars again but go ahead so so uh I'm happy I mean it's one of those things I feel like it's it's sort of a especially for last year's team I don't know a bit of a drag to slay I think we're going to have to get to you it it like in order to get any higher we have to go through you at some point so but I I think I would be okay with putting you guys off to the second round because a lot of things can change for your team like that like injuries could happen in a first round as could us but we could also meet a groove and I'm just not as confident in Colorado's goaltending to hold up through it I think that if the the Stars really want I mean listen the Avalanche have a amazing offense but I think the Stars play such a shutdown defense if they want to that they can play that heavy hitting or check clog everything up very similar to the blue style that where I think we could be able to smother and then take offense from that weekend back end.
0: And, that, and that's why that series last year or between the Blues and Stars was so great because they both matched up really well with each other. You know, they both played a very similar style. It was a very grinded out style, um, especially for the Stars. I mean, I, I remember in game seven, it seemed like that You know, the Stars got all their shots in, like, in the first 30 minutes, and then they didn't get another shot for the rest of the game because – but it it felt like – but at the same time, though, they were ready to play that defensive game and that defensive battle, you know, whereas, like, in the next round, you know, when the Blues went on to take on the Sharks, it was – it took them a game or two to adjust readjust to the sharks because they had just got done playing an app, a seven game, you know, trench war, you know, with the stars. And then all of a sudden here come the sharks and their, you know, offensive, you know, free flowing style. And it was kind of like, what's this, you know, and, and the blues weren't ready for that. It took them a game to adjust and they thankfully did. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's part of the reason that I, 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 fear the stars just because they have proven they can shut down the blues they can they they, they can they can shut down this offense and when ben bishop you know gets hot i mean he is the best goalie in the damn world and you will not you will not convince
1: me otherwise yeah so I, i honestly yes and that's so i think one way or another we're gonna we're gonna be talking to each other Yes, playoffs. we will.
0: Yes, we will. Yes, we will. There will be a fifth time uh, for Michael Farley on Blue Notes for sure. At this point, it might just make you a co-host <laughs> at this point. Um, but I mean, like, how do you feel about the Stars, you know, as as as, as the season's kind of winding down? I mean, you're I mean, you're you've lost your last two, but you're still six, two and two in your last tens. So
1: you're still playing good hockey. And to be honest, I mean, we lost our last two and our last two losses were to you and Boston. So those are, I mean, those are two of the top five teams in the league in my point. And it was a tough fought game against Boston. We unfortunately got down a little bit. That one line, Pasternak and Marchand were just crazy. And that's, so, and then we came back against you you guys as well. So I think that we're still playing like, meaningful hockey. Like we're not losing. It's not like disheartening losses. Like we still can come in and like, like we tried. And like, if you play that way against 90% of the rest of the league, you're going to win that game. How long until you decide that uh, Robert Thomas is your guys' best player? I'm stealing this question. I've heard it somewhere. I don't remember where I heard it, but I'm stealing it.
0: Well, he, here's the funny thing about Robert Thomas. So uh, I think in the next you know year, maybe two, you could be saying that about him. Of course, he's getting the spotlight partly because there's no Tarasenko. I mean, he's been out all year. He's going to come back pretty soon. He's practicing, which is a good sign. But, you know, I'm having a bit of a dilemma myself because, you know, up until this, you know, season, my favorite blues player, if you had asked me that question, who is that player, I would have told you Ryan O'Reilly, you know, without saying, you know, without a second thought. Uh, I love, and I still love O'Reilly's game. I mean, he is one of the best two way forwards in the game right now. He got a Selkie last year. He's a great teammate, a great leader. I, I just, I love Ryan O'Reilly so much in a completely hetero way, but, uh, you know, Robert Thomas is, you know, he's, he's a guy that is starting to really take off as a player. You know, when, when he started off in, uh, this, uh, this campaign, he was such a playmaker, and and he still is. He's, but he was so stuck in a playmaking mentality that he would often pass up really good shots. Uh, you know, he he has a really, he has some of the best hands I've ever seen in a hockey player. His stick handling is gorgeous. He's a good, he's a very good skater. He knows how to get into those open areas. But earlier in the season, he was doing all that and getting into these prime real estate in front of net and he took the pass he looked the pass he looked the pass and it's 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 great being unselfish and it's 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 really reassuring seeing that from a young player um but as the season has gone on I think I wasn't the only one that saw it I, I think definitely Craig Baruby and the coaching staff was seeing it and we're starting to see Robert Thomas you know fire more shots fire more shots uh and really kind of completing his game a little bit and you know it's he has been just a fantastic cog for the team they've moved him to center he was he started off the year on the same line with tyler bozak on the uh, quote-unquote third line and as the season's gone on they've shifted him to center uh and he has actually i think that's really when his game started taking off he's a natural center um you know he can he can quarterback in offense and I'm having the dilemma now because I like Robert Thomas's game so much. I just got a Blues retro jersey uh, from the '90s, that ugly ass clown jersey. Um, I still love it though, and I was going to get it sent off for customizing. And I am—I actually asked on Twitter this past week: Should I get a, make it making an O'Reilly, or should I look towards the future and make it a Thomas? And I honestly opinions were kind of torn on that as well and and i think that kind of just goes back into you know robert thomas's evolution as a player and how i think in the next year or two we could be saying robert thomas is the franchise
1: yeah because he man he like you were saying nifty mitts. he walked absolutely walked sakura uh, on that power play i mean he was all over this one he, he he definitely really stood out as well
0: well and and, and I, i'm sorry i gotta jab you just a little bit but on the pat maroon game winner go, on in the game seven last oh, year man, every time every it was, time it was it was robert thomas that fired the initial shot and he actually was the first blues player since the first period to beat ben bishop so you know i just had to throw that out there
1: i can still hear it i can still hear the ping
0: Hey, this is, this is how I deal with my PTSD over that series, you know, with the Sharks. They, 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 your team still scares me, man.
1: Well, I, I appreciate it. And, man, it, it's going to be, I, I think at this point, I, I think uh, your team included, there's a couple other teams. Everyone's just looking towards, you know, past the regular season. They're, they're, they're just playing games, trying because they know that it all matters in the postseason.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, that's all I had for you, Michael. Anything else for me?
1: No, I don't think so. I think uh, this has been a added treat to uh, my episode.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I want to thank you for being on and uh, hopefully it's not the last time we talk. I mean, because as much as I fear the stars, I feel that to be the best, you still got to beat the best. That is a Ric Flairism, but it also applies in hockey as well. So there's, you know, I, I do have a strong feeling we'll be we'll be talking again.
1: Yeah, so I couldn't agree more.
0: And now we're going to shift from one interview to another. We are going to go from myself and Michael Farley to a pair of real professionals. Cam uh, Wex's Brian Kelly, uh, who gave me permission to air this interview that he did off air with Mr. Hockey in Kansas City, Paul McGannon. And uh, let's get going on it right now.
2: Paul, what are you hearing in Kansas City about possibly bringing the Blues uh, AHL team there?
3: Well, I would say this. There is always interest in the St. Louis Blues and what they do. We have a lot of fans, as you know. We played a lot of, uh, had a lot of preseason games at Sprint Center with the Blues. They're well attended. Uh, There's a lot of Blues fans on this side of the state. Uh, obviously, the AHL would be the next step from ECHL towards an NHL club someday in Kansas City. We have a beautiful Sprint Center, which is a beautiful building. Uh, Mayor Lemieux called it the best building he had seen uh, this side of Montreal. And, of course, they took those plans, went back to Pittsburgh, and got their new arena where they play now. So, obviously, it's a state-of-the-art facility, and the Blues and the different teams that have come in over the years have been very really complimentary about it. So our feeling is that if a win-win could be created between an ownership group in Kansas City or an ownership group out of St. Louis, some NHL teams own their AHL club, and others, like the Blues, do not. So we know that there's moving parts in Charlotte and Chicago, uh, current AHL affiliates, so we'd love to be a part of it someday, but I think that's going to be up to the St. Louis Blues, the National Hockey League, and whatever arrangements could be made here in Kansas City.
2: So, yeah, the Blues don't own their AHL team. There's no indication they want to own their AHL team. Is there an ownership group that would be uh, possibly willing to step up?
3: I would guess they would be uh, up to, right now, the seat in Kansas City as far as professional hockey is. Our ECHL affiliate of the Calgary Flames, the Kansas City Mavericks, is owned by uh, Lamar Hunt Jr. Of course, the Hunts are... Uh, Family and sports ownership. So Lamar Hunt Jr. currently is calling the shots in Kansas City as far as professional hockey goes. We feel like we're in good hands. We would love to go to the next AHL level, but I think it's going to be a business decision uh, between the Blues and the Powers that be at that level if anything uh, happens here. Uh, You know, keep in mind that um, Arizona, the Phoenix Coyotes, and Las Vegas. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights came in and went from the ECHL to the NHL level, so it's not a required step to go up to the AHL. But that being said, obviously, we know it's a, a better and bigger brand of hockey with uh, the Blues' top prospects uh, or any kind of a rehab assignment. Uh, a Tennessee or somebody like that who would uh, frequent Kansas City on a rehab call, and that's all up to the big league club. But those are things that would be uh, definitely sought after.
2: And what about uh, hockey in Kansas City? The Mavericks, you mentioned them. Uh, How do they do?
3: They do very well. They play in a 5,800-seat arena. Uh, They'll finish in the top 10 in the ECHL, 30 teams. Uh, So they do very well, and this team is on the bubble. They're trying to make a playoff push uh, with eight home games remaining. So they will easily finish in the top 10. If they put a playoff run together, they could finish in the top five in the league.
2: What is their average attendance, roughly?
3: Uh, right around 5,050-100. Uh, and that is what percent of capacity? And so that's about uh, 85 to 90% capacity. So they have eight games left, which in the ECHL is about a third of the home schedule. They are near a sellout. Uh, their next home game uh, is uh, this weekend, and they are near a sellout for that game. So they're in a playoff push. So if it goes well and they get some help uh, from other organizations in Calgary and uh, get a few more players and make a push, uh, they could finish in the top five in the ECHL attendance-wise.
2: And one of the things that that, you you wonder about a city like Kansas City, like you would with St. Louis, when you get a minor league team in there in a major league city, uh, do you think the fans would support it?
3: I think the geographical appeal of St. Louis, uh, is huge, and, and the reason I say that is there's a lot of hockey fans here that are St. Louis transplants. There's a lot of businesses that have corporate headquarters or presence both in St. Louis and Kansas City, and obviously it's an easy flight for uh, players back and forth. What is it, a 40-minute flight? Uh, it's easy to get players back and forth and uh, easy for players uh, scouts to scout the game, and uh, uh, geographically it fits well with the NHL because you've got the nearby cities in uh, Des Moines, uh, the Iowa Wild, uh, Chicago Wolves, Rockford. Uh, There's a lot of cities uh, geographically uh, that, you know, Kansas City's kind of in the bullseye.
2: Yeah, no question. And then also, uh, it seems like the Chiefs and the Blues and the you know, there's been kind of a synergy forming between the two. Do you think that is part of an effort? You know?
3: absolutely. And you know, there's a lot of history. Lamar Hunt Senior um, was at one time a prime candidate to start uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets back in the day. And at the 11th hour, the McConnell family in Columbus, nationwide insurance fame, uh, Columbus residents, uh, leapfrog with the Hunt family and got the expansion Columbus Blue Jackets. So uh, there, there's a hockey history, and Lamar Jr. tells uh, fond, fondly of stories of Lamar Hunt Sr. and Lamar Jr. going to the Dallas Blackhawks uh, games back in the old Central Hockey League when the Kansas City Blues were affiliated with the St. Louis Blues in the original years, and uh, they used to go to games together in Dallas. So there is a long history uh, there as well with hockey.
2: Yeah, no question. So how do you feel about this? Do you think it, it's it's possible, it's likely, or is it just too soon to I would tell? Say,
3: I, would say, I would say this is a possibility if both sides have further interest and can come to terms I think a big part of it is, is what would the price of the franchise be? Would the Blues be willing to come to Kansas City and play an annual preseason game to help fund the uh, financing or the uh, pro forma so that uh, you could have a boost, if you will, uh, to help uh, service uh, the, the business model? So I think you need more than just an AHL schedule. Um, you know, we're hearing prices on the AHL teams between eight and twelve million, depending on what city you're talking about and the relocation. And again, those are all league matters and things that the AHL and the NHL would have to sign off on. And the Blues, of course. So I, I think an annual Blues game in Kansas City, as far as a preseason annual ritual, would be something that the revenues from that game could help be uh, applied so that you could uh, come up with a business model that made sense.
2: All right, very good. Anything else we should uh, discuss?
3: Well, no, I think Kansas City is uh, with Houston as far as future markets for the NHL. It is a major league market, and uh, the Royals, the Chiefs, uh, MLS, uh, Sporting Kansas City are more flourishing, uh, and BCHL, uh franchise of the Calgary Flames owned by Lamar Hunt Jr. is doing well so I think it's a a big wide open canvas here
0: Thank you Brian Kelly and thank you for listening because without you there is no me, there is no Hockey Podcast Network and there is no Blue Notes. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle